creatures from another time or creatures of the mind today on podcast magoria Welcome to another episode of Podcast Magoria. My name's Autumn. And I'm James. And today we are discussing something that has been both on our noggins and on our listeners' noggins for yeah. a minute. We've gotten a couple of requests for an episode yeah. like this. Yeah, this was uh, requested back in February, I think it was, when uh, one of our regular listeners was just like, why don't you guys ever talk about cryptids? And I'm like, it's coming. Yeah, you yeah. Just, you just have to stick with us for half a year <laughs> because I, I wanted to make sure that we did it um, kind of at the right time. Yeah. And leading into September. Yeah. As I said in the last episode, if you know, you know, you know, you yeah, know. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss that uh, on the third part right. of this three-parter series for cryptids. Yay. Yeah. Now, um, the question... That might be on some people's minds or lips, which is a mm-hmm. little like, I mean, our regular listeners, I would imagine, are very familiar with. But maybe mm-hmm. there's somebody out there that this is the first time they've ever heard about this, which is what the hell is a cryptid? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're strange creatures that are in the study of cryptozoology, duh. Which is a, <laughs> <laughs> which then begs the question, well, what is cryptozoology? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you do know what zoology is, you just sure. got to twist it and make it into these creatures. <laughs> That's right. So simply put, cryptozoology is the study of creatures that are featured from legends, folklore, or you know rumor <laughs> yeah a lot yeah. of it is unfortunately pseudoscience though because yeah. a lot of these creatures there's not a ton of evidence for like there's not a lot of carcasses or anything like sure, that sure. So. And, and you know like it's hard to subject it to scientific method you know of study and such so absolutely it's you know it, you know it it's hard to track. It's hard, mm-hmm. to, you know, you, you, it's not like you can just run into a field and start studying one of these animals or whatever. It's not like we have any of them in captivity. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's not anything that's learned about uh, a cryptid is ultimately... By chance. Yeah, by chance, absolutely, <laughs> you know, and, and could potentially be um, evidence created from a pre-existing uh, real animal or creature. The creatures, of course for cryptozoology are not just here in the United States. Mm-hmm. However, they are worldwide as we'll discover, you know, a little bit with this episode as well as um, the, the following one. Oh yeah. Uh, when we get into our, our deeper into the list of what exists out there. So that still hasn't quite answered what cryptozoology is maybe. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of drive this one to death a little bit, I think okay. uh, just, just because like, you know, again, like for those that are uninitiated, you know, maybe they just haven't uh, like when I was talking to somebody the other day about how I was excited for this episode and the next couple episodes. Um, and there's like, oh, well, what are you guys going to talk about? I'm like, oh, well, cryptids. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they just looked at me like, what? 
Wow. And, and, I, and, and I was like, well, you know, it's like Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, monsters. And I'm like, eh. Yeah, eh, it's, it's different. It's different. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> we're not talking about the mummy, Frankenstein, Dracula. Yeah. We're, you know, we're talking about like something like cryptids are very specific. You yes. know? And it, and it gets a little there's some blurred lines there. Yeah, like the, you know, the werewolf of uh, Bray Road or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, you know, um, um, the goat man and stuff like that. Ooh, like, you know, yeah. kind of, you, you start kind of going from maybe strictly animal to being like humans, which I guess, would that be um, crypto anthropology then? Which I've never heard that used, that phrase. Have hmm. I, have like have i invented a, a <laughs> that's an interesting way of uh putting it yeah yeah, yeah. like uh, i don't i've i've not seen those things be specifically um separated mm-hmm. um well and... i mean a lot of cryptids uh come from like myth and legend so sure. like anthropology would be a a subsection of cryptozoology sure. like having the cryptid anthropology would probably be like pretty cool to study yeah yeah i think that's <laughs> so there you go guys um, if that didn't exist already let's get that started right that's, that's a very interesting subject right but you know more specifically back to uh cryptozoology you know it, it's basically just the study is you know people assigned the challenging task of finding actual evidence of said cryptids mm-hmm. you know so trying to find you know tracks poop <laughs> try, try to find, find the scat, Any, scat anything of, yeah yeah you know and and it'd be great if we could find pictures or a physical right you know creature well do you remember a few years ago when uh that guy claimed that he had the bigfoot like tanned hide oh yeah yeah oh, man, i forgot about that yeah i don't know whatever happened with that but that's what i always think of uh, yeah. when it comes to like finding evidence is that mm-hmm. guy with that stuff yeah. so now i'm gonna go out on a limb here okay and i'm gonna guess that these people that study this stuff sure are called cryptozoologists Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now. So what? Is, what? What is that? So yeah, uh, excellent, excellent segue. <laughs> so first of all, in order to become a, uh, a cryptozoologist, um, two things that are kind of important here, which is uh, enthusiasm and mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. because you have to dedicate a lot of time to studying whatever it is that you may be following. Now, mm-hmm. you could be a generalist or a hobbyist. Yeah. Uh, where you're just like, oh, I like the idea of creatures that exist that maybe we don't have evidence of. And then, you know, and so you collect you collect pins, little figurines. Maybe you go to, you know, uh, roadside attractions. Yeah. Like that, you know. You're a little a little fanboy, essentially. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you have you have a jackalope oh, my know, God. on the shelf, you know, maybe a Fiji mermaid. See, growing up, I thought that I was going to become a cryptozoologist, and sure. then I did realize how much time and effort yeah. goes actually goes into it, and I'm like, okay, yes, I am a hobbyist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other thing is the fact that there is no official, like, you can't officially mm-hmm. become a cryptozoologist. What you can do, however, is, you know, study into subjects that are basically other sides of the coin or maybe mm-hmm. the other sides of the 20-sided die <laughs> of cryptozoology, which would be biology, zoology, psychology, anthropology, and mm-hmm. conservation. 
which mm-hmm. conservation when i saw that was listed as something i didn't really ever consider that before but it well, is yeah. a pretty large part of it yeah because a lot of uh I know a lot of these cryptozoologists are just trying to protect these creatures and sure. make sure they don't go absolutely extinct. Yeah, if they actually exist. Right. You know, try to protect their numbers. And so that's, that is interesting. So, you know, if you want to get serious, if you really genuinely, first of all, if you want to be serious and more importantly, be taken serious, mm-hmm. it definitely would be helpful to maybe to get a degree in one of the previously listed studies right you know you know it's like people that want to get into parapsychology or getting into you know ghost hunting and and supernatural nine times out of ten you want to get a degree in psychology or Mm -hmm. um oh theology theology you know like have a degree in something like that Mm -hmm. so at least like you're not just don't don't just sign up for a card from the universal life church (laughs) or or the the other one the the, basically a uh, demonologist like you know don't pay 25 cents on the back of a cereal (laughs) box like take take the time and take the effort yeah because if you can if you can get a degree in something like that then it's going to open up a lot of doors as far as trying to go places mm-hmm. um to study you right. know and and to maybe try to hunt you know said animals hey and if the cryptozoology stuff doesn't work out you can always be a just regular zoologist or yeah, whatever which like you plenty know plenty of bizarre real animals out there for sure <laughs> and we're still discovering new ones every day so mm-hmm. it's you know so it's not outside the realm of possibility to you know, basically be a cryptozoologist but a little bit more on the realistic side of things as opposed to being a cryptozoologist looking for something that that has magical powers right <laughs> <laughs> so the question really comes down to how far am i wanting to go with this mm-hmm. you know do i just want to watch specials on the history channel and a and e or or do i want to actually get out into the world and try to find these things um another thing that's helpful is finding something that you're actually passionate about that's within the realm of possibility to do a study into Mm -hmm. like look into um what would be local for you unless you have the means to travel you know all across the country or better yet the world you know see see what your local cryptids are you know outside of your and and i think this episode the next couple episodes might catch us a little bit of heat because i know that you're not a bigfoot enthusiast by any means yeah yeah he is (sighs) i'm gonna go ahead and say it he is my least favorite cryptid (laughs) um he he's probably i mean i would dare say probably one of my least favorite ones as well but he's also it's the like bigfoot yeti what have you sasquatch you it, it's it's the easiest one to get into yeah because it's so common and there's sightings like all over the world yeah, for yeah. this one here so. in missouri there uh in branson they have a bigfoot museum mm-hmm. and and there is a local chapter of like the bigfoot society and stuff i've seen stickers on cars like here in town plus we've got a couple of big feet running around yeah the momo and the skunk ape so yeah yeah we've got we've got a couple of uh you know versions thereof mm-hmm. And so that that one's the easiest one to get into. But For there sure. are, you know, definitely check it out. See what you've got uh, nearby. Yeah, because I know growing up, what I mostly wanted to study was the Loch Ness Monster. Which there are 
plenty of examples of it as well. Like True. not just in jolly old Scotland, but yeah. also, um, you know, we do have large aquatic beasts that have been sighted in like Lake Michigan, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Old logo pogo. Yep, that's it. Uh, <laughs> so, so I mean, you know, you can, if you're into, even if you're into like the aquatic kind, there's the av- availability of those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, another question that you might ask yourself is, do I have to believe? I don't think you necessarily have to believe. I think you should be a skeptic when you're in this field. Oh, absolutely. You see, I think that's the thing is, you know, when people talk about cryptozoologists or people that are enthu- uh, enthusiasts for cryptids, they usually get written off as tinfoil hat wearing, mm-hmm. you know, nut, nut jobs that, you know, look at every pebble as proof of, of something existing that doesn't exist. Right. And I think that a healthy, you know, cryptozoologist will approach the subject with skepticism. You know, like, you know, you don't have to think that everything's fake, mm-hmm. but definitely, you know, use have a scientific mind. Right. You know, look at it and go, can I disprove this? Yeah. yeah, if Jim Bob comes to you with a imprint of a foot, take a really good look at it and make sure that it's yeah. not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just some size 10 or Absolutely. something. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to shut it down, but you know, you can keep an open mind, but definitely yeah. you know, recognize the fact that some sometimes the sound that you hear could be the sound of, of a, a coyote or mm-hmm. a fox or something in the woods because they right. make weird sounds mm-hmm. and stuff. So maybe it's not... That screaming sound could just be a goat. It could not. It doesn't have to be a monster. Could be a rabbit. Could be a rabbit. Because rabbits make really weird, yeah. like screaming sounds too. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, um, that's the thing is like being sure that you know all the calls of animals. That helps. You mm-hmm. know, like kind of going back to uh, what would it take to be? I think a good cryptozoologist. You got to remember that cryptozoology uh, doesn't have to be 100% serious all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, simply being an enthusiast or a fan uh, of the subject, you know, you, you can come at it with a bit of whimsy. You know, definitely enjoy your jackalopes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at the uh, ancient aliens guy. Yeah. He's yeah. whimsy. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, as, as I, w- I would put it is just because someone likes submarines doesn't mean they have to know how to drive one. <laughs> you know, like you you can you can enjoy the idea of cryptids and stuff. That doesn't mean that you have to be a zoologist. It doesn't you don't have to take it 100 percent serious. Mm-hmm. You can just like it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Now, some of you might be thinking to yourselves. I came to talk. I came to listen to this about cryptids. I didn't want to learn. I didn't want to take a college course on uh, <laughs> being a, a cryptozoologist. That's what I'm thinking over here personally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now that we got a little bit of the intro out of the way. Um, let's let's start talking cryptids. Like yeah. as far what as kinds? exactly like what what is out there. So I'm going to separate this into three groups. Okay. And, uh, you know, just kind of make it a little easier on, on, on the subject. I'd say there's probably three main groups of yeah. the different kinds of cryptids. And they can bleed into each other. And, of course, there's kind of like subgroups and stuff. But let's just make this simple. Okay. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> um, and we're going to start with aquatic cryptids. <gasps> <laughs> like those are all my babies right yeah, there absolutely I, I love the aquatic cryptids 
Yeah. So, so you know, <laughs> many water-based cryptids are similar in description. You know, and, like, we already mm-hmm. kind of talked about a little bit with, like, the Loch Ness Monster and stuff. Like, they're basically, like, plesiosaurs. Yeah, usually some aquatic dinosaur. Yeah, yeah, you know. Sea but, serpent. Yeah, which, I mean, that's water big snake. Water big snake. <laughs> <laughs> One day we'll talk about big snake. Absolutely. But... <laughs> It seems, at least from what I was reading about uh, aquatic, because aquatic cryptids is not something that I've always, I've, I'm definitely more of your land cryptids kind of person. And mm. so I didn't, I don't know a whole lot about the aquatic ones. It seems to me, this is just from the outside looking in, that basically your water cryptids are just giant versions of pre-existing mm-hmm. sea life. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of it uh, boils down to, oh, man, we thought this creature was extinct this whole time, but Mm. it could possibly still be out there. Like the Megalodon, like a lot of people believe that those are still swimming in the ocean and could possibly be because, I mean, there's just so much water. There's so much out there that we don't know about uh, the ocean. Well, you know, I feel it's kind of a numbers game when it comes to aquatic cryptids where you got to think about, you know, percentage of ocean versus, you know, percentage of actual explored ocean Mm -hmm. and all that is, you know, it pretty much comes down to you could probably think of just about anything Mm -hmm. that lives in the water. And there's, I mean, statistically speaking, it's probably real. Mm -hmm. It probably actually exists because, I mean, if you just look at, especially like the deep sea life, Uh it gets really weird down there. Oh, yeah. And it just feels like any time that I love watching footage of like the college students with the submarine, like the little remote control submarine, yeah, yeah. finding all sorts of you know wacky creatures and stuff. I just always like hearing the commentary on those because they're always <laughs> making fun of the creatures oh, absolutely. and stuff like that. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. It, it well, and again, that just kind of goes to show you that just because maybe it's a serious subject or a serious profession doesn't mean that you have to be a hundred percent serious. Like here, you mm-hmm. have these people that are you know literally cataloging new creatures new species and all Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. but are definitely like oh look at that it's not a goofy dick fish you know and like stuff like you know right it's pretty amusing but yeah like when it when it comes to aquatic um cryptids again like i just think that it's genuinely anything's possible yeah i mean honestly like even with the loch ness monster um you know, they haven't actually been able to study because that lake is just so deep and yeah. so, like, murky and stuff. Sure. So, it's a good possibility. Was it? And there is, like, it does have caverns and all that. Right. Um, and this will be a hot take uh, on, on Loch Ness Monster. Um, is I, I think the Loch Ness Monster, and kind of like a lot of these, like, lake monsters in general... Uh, my um, my personal belief is that they potentially did exist. Yeah. I think that they've been dead for a while. Well, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> been, what, 
uh, almost 60 years yeah. of studying. Yeah, I think I think realistically <laughs> at this point, it, it's they aged out. I think yeah. that we may have missed our window of opportunity to actually mm-hmm. capture or, or view or, or gain real evidence of. I think now it's it's more of a, can we find the, the bones? bones? Yeah. You know, um, just to kind of put, put it to bed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's not to say that maybe it breeds... I, Who knows? And, and and you know if you if you start getting into the the weirder side of things where the, there are what the theories that the lock that one of the ca- caverns actually connects to a bigger waterway and all that. Yeah, and I have seen some strange theories out there where oh, there's a cavern down there that uh, is open to another time, and that's how the Loch Ness monster got in. Yeah, it starts to get a little bit into like um, I would I would say like Godzilla territory, right? Where it's like oh, well, the lock is actually a portal to the the Hollow Earth, and all. It's like, okay, okay, let's okay, let's take it back a couple. See, steps. <laughs> see, guys, that that's where it starts getting. And, and I mean, <laughs> there's no evidence that would sustain this theory. However, there's no evidence that says that's not possible. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, take with it what you will. Unless uh, we go down there and go to e- each cavern ourselves, yeah, yeah. we don't know. <laughs> I know that they have used satellite imagery and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, to kind of map out mm-hmm. the the lakes and stuff and so like you know to, to see if there's any like they use sonar and whatnot to see if there's any odd lumps that are bone shaped and mm-hmm. whatnot which i know that's been inconclusive so far because I've again a, it's dirty well like, and i've seen a lot of images where they're like oh it's a flipper yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's the tail you know and stuff so, like that um so I don't know. Like it's it's still it's still within the realm of possibility, yeah. I suppose. I still love love the aquatic ones the most. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Again, I think I think the I think the oceanic cryptids are easier for me to swallow than lake monsters. Mm-hmm. Just because of the fact that I think the realm of possibility is a little bit bigger uh for for them. Next up would be what I would consider the um easily the largest catalog or category of cryptids mm-hmm. which is our terrestrial uh cryptids yes you know this is our land cryptids and we already talked about bigfoot a yeah little bit. yeah um <laughs> so you know the legends of the land are are you know definitely too many to count and even if we were to be doing an, a, a list episode mm-hmm. i mean just for the united states alone there's a crap ton Oh, when yeah. you start getting into other countries, it gets it gets very interesting very fast. Africa has so many interesting cryptids. Yeah. like I uh, I'm pretty excited to talk about a couple of those. Yeah. Um, eventually. Yeah, that that's you know it's funny because the fact that I would say that um, the 90s was a great time for cryptids mm-hmm. because you had shows like Sightings, right? And and and, and of course uh, the uh, the Time Life books. That they had in you know, a series mm-hmm. of books and stuff that that came out, but at, like Africa kind of got missed. Like it just seems like mm-hmm. you know, of course, obviously North America. It's a North American show, so you got a lot of North American um, cryptids, and then of course your typical, uh, you know, maybe like Yeti or what whatnot. Um, but it would normally be like your Asian cryptids would kind of get featured more yeah 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 Um, there was a couple of those that uh got featured 
Uh, of course, we got a lot of like the European, uh, like the tassel worm and stuff like that would get mentioned more. But uh, I had a book growing up called Unexplained Mysteries or something like that. And it had each section like for each country. Mm. And that was the first oh, time. Man. Yeah, that was the first time I had really read about like the African cryptids. And I was like, oh, my God, why don't why don't we hear more about these? Yeah, it's so peculiar. And, and guys like um, I'll, I'll do this. I'll take this opportunity to plug a little bit, you know, our, our socials, our social media and stuff. Like um, <laughs> if you're aware of any african um cryptids and stuff i would love to hear from somebody uh, about that you're not not just to make you guys do legwork for me but but also like i like to open up the dialogue here on this one because mm -hmm. that's something i genuinely don't know a whole lot about oh well um, we're i'm gonna be talking about a few yeah. of them so yeah <laughs> be prepared james <laughs> uh so so of course like the range for terrestrial cryptids and i think this is why the list is kind of huge mm -hmm. uh is because it's not just like you know beasts but we have beasts humanoids otherworldly beings and maybe mm -hmm. something in between uh-huh <laughs> and and so you know what tends to be the most popular uh form of uh, of cryptid uh, for ter uh, terrestrial listings would be your ape yeti primate humanoid <laughs> yeah the boring ones yeah <laughs> you know as, se as you know as seen arguably with the most popular bigfoot old sassafras has been seen hogging the uh, spotlight <laughs> for many years um, gaining popularity through specials like In Search of with Leonard Nimoy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, See, yeah, my favorites are always like the kind of uh, in-betweens, like yeah. uh, the Flatwoods Monster. Yeah. I love that because nobody can really tell you if it was a machine or an alien. Yeah, I like... Or a little uh, bit of both. Yeah, I like I like the ones um, definitely, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I like the... Yeah, the animalistic ones, sure. Mm -hmm. But I definitely go a little bit more into, I like the humanoid types. Mm -hmm. the, yeah, you know, like, um, depending on what version of the Jersey Devil you subscribe to, Ooh. you know, um, like, because some people it's just like, you know, it's just flat out winged goat. Yeah, see, I like the the more animal uh kind of goofy looking jersey devil with a big horse head and yeah, tiny I, feet and see, stuff I, I like I, i've always been a fan of the you know more of like the side of the legend where it's you know just this like woman that gave birth to this monstrosity yeah you know and, and so has all these you know ha, has the hooves has the kind of like horse head or or you know bovine head or whatever you know wings and all that uh, I like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's incredibly impossible, but but I like. Well, hey, what it was the 1800s when they first started talking about that. I think so, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, maybe they saw a really crazy looking baby and was like, "Whoa, we can't explain this." <laughs> yeah, it could be. It could be. You know, now all the maybe all the side talk and stuff that we give towards Bigfoot. I will say this. I do want one of those foot casts for my collection of weird stuff. Um, we can have a foot cast of the <laughs> lizard man. Okay. Oh, that's fair. Not that's Bigfoot. Fair. All right, Bishopville, <laughs> I'm coming back. We're gonna get that foot cast of that lizard man, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a postcard from the Cotton Museum while I'm there. 
<laughs> Shout out to the Cotton Museum and the Lizard Man Museum. Yep, and good old Bishopville. Which are the same building. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> you know, luckily, skunk apes aren't the only cryptids. As we just listed, you know, Flatwoods Monster and, and Jersey Devil, you know, being two obvious ones. Mm-hmm. Now, Jersey Devil kind of is a good segue into the last category considering the fact he is winged Mm -hmm. so that would bring us to our winged cryptids our cryptids of the air right and this one it's you start to kind of get into this this hairy area yeah because a lot of people probably assume ufos yeah extraterrestrial and stuff like that you know and so and again the list isn't as long as as your terrestrial but I think that's what makes it so fun, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, personally, my favorite uh, winged cryptid would be Thunderbirds. Yeah. Like, which I just... goes back to the anthropology stuff that I was talking about Absolutely. earlier. So. Yeah, because, um, you know, Thunderbirds, of course, have been stuff of legend, mm-hmm. you know, with, with, I mean, dating back with, you know, Native Americans and stuff, which you should know that. Well, no, I was fixing to say, as an indigenous person, no, Thunderbirds are real. Yeah. Like, I have personally seen footage of thunderbirds and stuff like they they are real (laughs) i like it's just incredible and and i mean there are that that one thunderbirds um have i think the most evidence Mm -hmm. uh, of existence uh, of of you know compared to you know some of the other winged um you know cryptids Mm -hmm. you know again kind of like with your aquatic ones end up being two categories which is usually just giant bird Mm -hmm. or dinosaur yeah sky sky snake sky snake yeah yeah you (laughs) get yeah because you do get get your sky serpents which are in very interesting Mm -hmm. um in recent history they um they disproved um uh what was it the the flying rods oh yeah yeah because i mean it's just it's just it's just bugs and a and bad shutter speed yeah (laughs) i uh i was following the rod story very closely all these years yeah and then i'm like oh that makes total sense well yeah like because um that was something that was featured on sightings a lot was the rods because there was Mm -hmm. always footage and a lot of like when you got even like main news like sources and stuff every once in a while be like oh we got some weird footage here and, and yeah and it was always like it'd be uh not even the sky it would be like they would somebody would be filming like a hole <laughs> right. it, like and i wish i could like and maybe i'll find the footage but there was this um i want to say in the late 90s there was this really popular footage um uh, where i think there was a special even on like sci-fi channel about it where this person was filming like some like hole like it was just like a hole in the it, ground well, it, it was like um a giant like cavern i mean you know not, oh, okay. not like the, okay. not like the grand canyon but like you know it was just, it, i was thinking holes the like, story i yeah. was like what are they it just yeah yeah uh but Thinking it was like holes? a big it was just a big like you know gorge or whatever and um and yeah they end up picking up all this like on camera all this footage of like rods hmm. flying around all over the place and they're like oh my god you know because they didn't see him with the naked eye yeah probably should have handed them off to something but hmm. but yeah no then then you've got all these people going oh well this is what we theorize they're made of and this is what we theorize and and, and you get into a lot of these theories of oh well rods are actually 
you know, extra dimensional beings that, um, that connect our dimensions, you know, cause there's always yeah, somebody remember, that comes into that mess. I remember people talking about that. But, now, speaking of footage though, do you remember maybe about seven or eight years ago, that footage of the dragon in China? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I can't believe I haven't ever followed up on that, but I used to love watching that video because yeah. it was so realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's what's kind of exciting about um, this getting getting to this subject is it's going to give us a lot of opportunity to kind of revisit mm-hmm. uh, some of the ones that we were you know fans of. But yeah, like I don't know, there, there's a lot of opportunity for interesting things with wing, you know, with aerial cryptids. I guess I should yeah. say instead of winged because some of them don't have wings. I will say also out of the three categories we've done, I feel like the sky cryptids are probably you know pushed to the back more oh, often for sure. than not. Yeah. Like, people have heard of Thunderbirds, but they don't really, like, you don't get... see a lot of talk about them. No, and and I was trying, before I was doing this episode, you know, and, and I was looking at, uh, at you know, um, sky cryptids and stuff like that, I remember a story, like, or, or a theory or something of the tune of that um, with, I don't think it's Thunderbirds, but something very, very similar where it was basically... I think it was like somebody was having like a birthday party with kids or whatnot. And then, uh, what was it? The giant bird came out of the sun. The, yes, the condor. Yeah. And that's, that's a legit, like the condors were picking up children. Yeah. (laughs) During that time. So I didn't, um, I was trying to kind of search around a little bit for that story. Um, just cause I'd like to either like link it on, on our socials Mm -hmm. or, or the very least, like, talk a little bit more about it in depth for the next episode but Mm -hmm. but yeah i just um yeah that one that was a like that was i remember that being a big story Mm -hmm. oh yeah now i'm gonna bring something up and i i really need your opinion okay and and i need the audience opinion too okay mothman mothman (laughs) is he terrestrial or is he sky see i think he's kind of like um the jersey devil where he can be an either He's or. He's an either or because, uh, and it, like this is when I was doing the categorizing and I was on um, one of the cryptid wikis and stuff and seeing what what fell into what category because I was already kind of doing my research for the for the list. Uh-huh. Um, Mothman is on the sky list i guess he did mostly do most of his terrorizing while flying yeah so i would i would say that you know personally i think i'm more in the camp of terrestrial just because of the fact that he also he also is a he has wings you're right but he's also got a luscious booty yeah yeah oh yes indeed <laughs> yeah so yeah so mothman i don't know what do you guys think like definitely i'd like to hear because because it Mothman's kind of in between, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, Jersey Devil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I guess like moving on from the main cryptids list and stuff. And what makes cryptozoology and all this very interesting is the very real possibility of what happens when you actually get evidence uh, of of these things. You know? Or if you actually catch one. If you actually catch one, that's for sure. And that's right, <laughs> listeners. Some are real. <laughs> what? I feel, I feel like I'm, let me turn to J. Jonah Jameson real quick. It's like, listen here, listeners. That damn Spider-Man. Um, 
And, and and what makes cryptids and cryptozoology so fun is that over the years, some some cryptids that were thought to be fake or a legend mm-hmm. or whatever have actually been discovered. Of course, we came to the table with some examples. Right. Here's the thing. When something is discovered to be real, uh, instead, of a, instead of being just a full-blown, uh, you know, cryptid, it might not be as exciting as old sassy molassy Squatch himself, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, giving an interview on the uh, on the evening news. God, I would, you know what, if Bigfoot did that, I would probably become a fan. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> Wearing sunglasses, just like, I'm going to do a saxophone solo real quick. <laughs> right, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, what what tends to be real is a little bit more boring than the legend itself. And I'm going to use an example um, of something that I think a lot of people are an animal that a lot of people are enthusiastic about Mm -hmm. that um, I think is a really good example of something that even though we know it's real, Mm -hmm. it still sounds like it's made up and it still sounds like it's fake. Right, because it's made up of all sorts of different parts of everything it's such a mess of an animal <laughs> and that animal is the platypus yeah <laughs> um, honestly if i had just seen a stuffed one back in the day didn't know that they were real yeah. i would honestly think uh who did this <laughs> well see and that's the thing is when they first discovered uh Platypuses, platypi, these are all acceptable terms. Hmm, okay. Um, I looked into it. <laughs> uh, uh, they were attributed to being crafty taxidermy, you know, basically kind of like the Fiji mermaid. Uh-huh. And what's interesting is if you go to the museum where the first stuffed platypus is, mm-hmm. there is actually, you can look and see there are still cut marks where the bill connects to the face from huh. the first person that that was just like this is bullshit this thing's not real you can actually see where and they so... tried to prove that it was actually uh sewn on oh that's yeah. oh that's pretty neat <laughs> that is pretty neat now of course this odd mammal does exist and mm-hmm. still currently exists and and still defies all laws of zoology well yeah because i mean if you think about it i mean just imagine if somebody um just said hey i want to describe you this animal real quick it's a mammal, but it's got a duck bill. It lays eggs. Mm-hmm. And it's also venomous. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't believe you, man. Well, and and the most important rumor that I've heard about uh, platypi is the fact that they also make great spies. <laughs> now, Only this... if they have a fedora on, okay? okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, another one that I was excited about uh, getting to... Because the fact that this is this is a cryptid um, in our lifetime mm-hmm. that was proven to be real. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing the news. Like, I remember watching this on the news. I do, yeah. A- and it blowing my fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, because it was at this time that I was probably at the height of my life. Oh, yeah. I love cryptids. Cryptids are amazing. Yeah. This is all I want to do. Well, I remember, like, this was when I was marching around the house going, well, jackalopes, man. um but but anyways and that is the guild deer yes now um i remember uh watching episode of sightings that uh that i first learned about the possibility of these uh, strange creatures because um 
and I'm going to try to uh, refer to it as its actual name from this point on instead of Guild Deer, uh, <laughs> um, which is the uh, Saola. <laughs> Saola? Saola. Saola. Hey, it's the Saola <laughs> over here. Um, uh, the Saola uh, is not really a Guild Deer, uh, though it's easily... Uh, Though it's easy to see why people thought this, mm -hmm. um, because they it has basically it has this gland like it, it, it's sinuses in front of its eye. Mm -hmm. um, there is a muscle flap that, and I don't no, understand necessarily the the nest the uh, why this is a thing, <laughs> because I'm not a zoologist and I don't study biology. <laughs> uh, but it anyways like the muscle pops open and exposes the sinus. And so it looks like it's breathing through a gill. Right. Which is nutty. Um, <laughs> but this this one, uh, it was a legend uh, through uh, Cambodia and, and a lot of Asia and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and they actually found remains of one in 92, which was like, it was kind of like, oh, this is a big deal. Yeah. Because this, from, from that point prior, it had just been... The stuff of legend, legend yeah. you know. It, it, I mean, like it's akin to basically being like a kappa or something like that, mm -hmm. where it's just like, oh yeah, okay, you know, guild deer. It's it's a it's some it's a, a deer that also is aquatic. Okay, you know. <laughs> Man, if only those people had known about uh, moose by then, right? Because you know they're aquatic and scary in the water. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now moose is another one of those things that like. <laughs> Easily could be a cryptid. Oh, yeah. yeah. With how big they they're are enormous. and how they're crazy ridiculous. they are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, because they're just basically like antlered camels. Like, they're just, they're big and weird. Mm -hmm. Camels are weird, too. Mm -hmm. A lot of animals are weird. Yeah, <laughs> their only natural predator are orcas. <laughs> such a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> such a <laughs> Yeah. And man. No, not no, man. No, we don't stand <laughs> no, a chance. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it was cool that they, um, you know, again, like within our lifetime, I think it was 99, 2000, somewhere around there was yeah. when they actually found they had video footage of it. Yeah. And I remember like, you know, telling my grandma, oh, my God, they actually found something. Like, yeah. What the heck? Well, and it, and it kind of breathed life um, into cryptids and cryptozoology. And mm -hmm. I think it validated a lot of people um, oh, yeah. that were just like, we'll see. You know, I, I just imagine like this, like a guy like running, uh, like running into the living room and going, see, mom, see, I'm not <laughs> wasting my life. That was me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. You know, meanwhile, you know, some of the younger folks going, oh, OK, well, maybe this is something I can actually study into mm -hmm. and not be wasting my time. Right. And so it was, it was kind of neat. Now, I know you've got um, a couple examples as well. Well, I, I want to ask your opinion on one. Okay. But my main one is something that has become a cryptid. Ooh, okay. In a sense. So just kind of like the other, kind of, the pendulum swinging the other way. Exactly. Okay. Uh, and that is the Tasmanian tiger. Okay, yeah. Now, we all know that they're extinct. Yeah. Uh, went extinct around the 1930s. Mm -hmm. Very sad. 
because yeah. they're, you know, pretty much like weird dogs that open yeah. their mouth really wide. Was, what was it? Was the last one like in the like Barm and Bailey's like circus or some crap like uh, that? I think so. Yeah. And that's like the uh, the footage that we have is of the last one yeah. and all that good stuff. But uh, over the years, there have been more and more sightings of these mm. and apparently they've have found tasmanian tiger poop okay here and there so it it, it essentially has become a cryptid on its own yeah yeah because it's now it's well i guess i would categorize it i i think it's valid to, to call it a cryptid because the argument for it to be to be a cryptid mm-hmm. i'll play devil's advocate here okay um, it, now this isn't the one i want your opinion on okay so but like but but <laughs> i guess to you know if somebody were to go absolutely not this is not a cryptid because uh-huh. it, it existed right um i would say that you know again if you look at something like loch ness monster or or other like i'll use aquatic cryptids mm-hmm. as my as my card to play here where it's just like well a lot of these, you know, cryptids, aquatic ones, are based off of something that did exist. Right. Like, you know, megalodons or, or you know, or uh, plesiosaurs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Those did exist. And so it's within the realm of possibility that they could possibly still exist because the ocean's huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lakes have tunnels to the other world. Um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> so the Tasmanian tiger, I, I, would, I would accept that. Yes. At first, I was kind of weird about that, but I think that one, I think that's acceptable. Okay. So, okay, now get to the one that's going to be potentially controversial to me. Now, okay, <laughs> the second one I have is something that they have just found more and more and more of. Okay. At one point, it was the stuff of legend. Okay. They thought that these guys were extinct. There's no freaking way you could ever find another one. Mm-hmm. And... It just so happened that one got caught off the coast of Africa, oh. and uh, that is the coelacanth. Ah, okay, yeah. So, the living fossil. So, so coelacanth is an interesting one to bring up, and, 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 I, and let me let me unpack live on the show a little bit about this. Okay. Um, <laughs> is that's a that's a it, it's an interesting one to bring up because the fact that. You take something, you know, kind of like the Tasmanian tiger, where we have as evidence of its pre-existence and stuff. Mm-hmm, so it's kind mm-hmm. of like, well, or plesiosaur or something. And let's use Loch Ness monster as an example. So it would be basically the the thing of this is something that used to exist. We know this absolutely does not exist any longer. But then we hit cryptid like legend territory where maybe people are like, well, I don't know. I thought I saw one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is where the Tasmanian tiger is currently existing in its story. Yes. Um, but then we actually found it. Mm-hmm. So that would make it kind of in the realm of like the guild deer where we we now have hard evidence that it actually exists. See, the weird thing, though, is the one fisherman caught it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, sent it off to get it studied. But, yeah. of course, the corpse was just beyond recognition. Mm. They couldn't really study it well. So they're like, okay, if somebody can catch another one, oh. we'll give you money, blah, blah, blah. Scientific method. But the thing is, like, a lot of people started catching them. Oh, okay. So this we, we ended up getting a bunch of them. I haven't done yeah. any. Like, I haven't. Like, the coelacanth is something that, like, 
I haven't really done a whole lot of um, looking into or know much about. See, that's what what makes it weird to me is that all of a sudden, like, we were just able to find it, like, no problem, mm. uh, even though it had been gone for millions of years. Is it? Is it? Do you think, though, that that might be how active would people have been looking for it before finding the one? I don't know. I, you know, I guess I guess like the missing piece of the puzzle there was, well, this guy found it in this in these conditions in this, you know, in this area. Mm -hmm. So then you were able to kind of like focus your your study or focus your search right so then it would be more likely to find if you weren't looking for it because it was presumed to not exist then you're probably less likely to find it heck there might have been a lot of people that just threw them back in the water because they're like what the heck kind of fish is this that's and, fair yeah you know. it could be that it is also that it had been already widely caught and considered uh -huh. but it's just that this one fisherman was like uh this is this, this is, is real weird. yeah yeah like so <laughs> did i discover a new kind of fish right it was probably somebody that was wanting to get a little bit of clout in the fish community <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah like that's something you know again when it comes to the aquatic side of things it's such a anything's weird, possible yeah it's anything's possible and it's such a weird realm you know when it comes mm -hmm. to that kind of stuff mm -hmm. hey there could have been a cavern under there open to the coelacanth world if Who that's knows? right yeah <laughs> the coelacanth king runs the hollow earth everyone knows that <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness um so i guess with uh the existence of these creatures you know it gives many cryptozoologists hope that perhaps more cryptids are actually in fact real mm -hmm. and though perhaps a little misunderstood you know because again with the with you know i'll use the guild deer as an example is here the legend would be that it's a deer that lives in water and can breathe underwater and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff and so it gives you an opportunity to kind of maybe look at pre-existing cryptids and go okay well what part of this is fact and what part of this is fake right you know what part of this is just you know legend well and i'm gonna use medieval mm -hmm. uh stuff as an example sure. but i mean you know you see drawings of animals that they did back then because they had only heard of them yeah yeah uh so Maybe that's what a lot of this is, is that we've just heard of these creatures. We don't know actually yeah. what they're about. Yeah, it's just, you know, art, artist rendition, um, you know, results may vary. Exactly. You know, maybe maybe don't describe um, a cow to Hieronymus Bosch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then put that picture in the encyclopedia. Like, um, because you're going to get something a little bit messed up. You're going to get I, something maybe a little bit strange. I would love to see some Hieronymus Bosch like paintings of animals he didn't know about. Yeah. Yeah. I think we already have seen that. But, um, but, but um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's still, I, it's kind of weird. Like, I feel like cryptozoology um, and cryptids in general have kind of taken a backseat here recently um, in media and whatnot. And I would really love to see it, you know, and, and, and more of the weird ones. I don't mm -hmm. like, because, again, throw a rock, you'll hit 
50 people talking about Bigfoot. Yeah, we know all we can know about Bigfoot right now, I think. Yeah. And like, the Loch Ness Monster yeah. and all the heavy hitters. You know, um, there's a lot of other ones out there that I think have more potential to do more studying into, to get a little bit more light shined on them. Right. I mean, there's a lot of them that also have dead ends. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, the aforementioned Lizard Man. I think there's a lot of dead ends there. Oh, yeah. Um, Flatwoods Monster, as much as I love it, um, mm-hmm. I think that's a dead end. Yeah, unless another one landed. Yeah, you know, but but there's a lot of these one-offs mm-hmm. where it's one person saw it, one person reported it, and and I think that that kind of makes it a little bit harder to, to, you know, study into or whatever. They're great for stories, and I think they're great for you know adding to the 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 tapestry of cryptids right but you know there's there's a lot of other ones out there that have regular viewings or at least have more than one person Mm -hmm. you know to have seen them with that little dive (laughs) into what cryptids are and where to find them right (laughs) Um, I'd like to go ahead and start plugging our next episode that I've already I've been plugging the entire this entire episode pretty much this is pretty much it it's just that I don't think that we would have been able to do this in one go because there's a lot to cover. Oh, yeah. And I want to I, I want to take my time with it and discuss it a little bit. And I also feel like we'll probably have future episodes about uh, certain aspects of cryptozoology, too. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if I end up finding out more about uh, cryptoanthropology. Mm-hmm. That's something that, like, I really want to learn about. Yeah. Um, we should if, look into that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the next episode, obviously, if you have, if you've been listening, is going to be us listing off some of our favorite cryptids, mm-hmm. as well as maybe um, you know some other ones along the way. Yeah. Um, that maybe we discovered while researching, because uh, I have one. I have one in particular that I discovered while <laughs> while doing some sur- uh, some some research, and it's a Missouri cryptid. that i can't believe i didn't know about and i'm not gonna i was gonna name it earlier in the episode but i'm not i'm gonna save save it it. for the i'm gonna save it for the next one so all uh for our missouri listeners i i'll be very surprised if you know about this one um and if you do why haven't you told me about this but (laughs) but that'll be in the next episode so again we'll be talking about our favorite cryptids in the next one um so that'll be the part two of the three-part series because our final part will be featuring a very important cryptid to the month of september if you know you know if you know if you know you know you know you know you know and then of course we will be taking a nice little break for september uh to prepare for I guess what I should start call start calling the season two, yeah, season two, season two of uh, of podcast Megoria. So between now and then, be sure that you contact us via our our socials. Mm-hmm. To, you know to 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 mention some of your favorite cryptids and what you would like to hear us talk about between now and the next episode. I'd love to hear from you. Don't you be can, shy. Don't be shy. There, here's the cool thing is more and more people are finally starting to, to to comment. And it's not just our regulars and our VIPs. Yeah. It's our it's it's some it's some names I've not seen before. So welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> remember kids, find out what made the cut on the next episode of Podcast Nagoria? Until that next time, however, 
do, as the cryptozoologists do, and stay spooky. Classic. Bye. This has been a Podcast Magoria production hosted by James Davis and Autumn Campbell. Music by James Davis. Like what you heard? Be sure to subscribe via Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. Additionally, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook for behind-the-scenes information about future episodes and as well as other spooky things that we may be featuring in other Podcast Magoria productions. And as always, stay spooky. Mm-hmm. <laughs>